Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a news and focus commentary. It is Monday, May the 20th, 2019. It is currently 9.44 a.m. Central Time. Well, some of you may know, others of you may not, but I record the news and focus commentary, well, right here in Abilene, Texas. In Abilene, Texas, on Saturday morning at around, what, 5, 5.30 a.m., well, Abilene, Texas was hit by a tornado. Now, it did not do widespread damage, but the area where the tornado did hit, that area was hit hard. And so there's still cleanup going on. Um, it, the, it was confirmed, I believe yesterday, uh, by the National Weather Service that it was a, a tornado. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about that. I've had some people who listen, who contacted me by email and by phone calls asking if everyone here in Abilene is okay. Well, I'm okay. Uh, obviously, there were some people in Abilene whose uh, property was damaged. There were some businesses that were damaged. There were homes that were damaged. Uh, some businesses looked like they were pretty much destroyed. Uh, but for the most part, considering it was a tornado, it could have been obviously far worse. But here we are now, Monday, May the 20th, and well, guess what? Once again, Abilene, Texas, and this area going up into Oklahoma, there's a lot of areas today where there is predictions for, you know, massive thunderstorms, possible tornado outbreaks. Um, so there, there we just, just, just be praying for everyone who's possibly in the um, path of these storms. Pray that everyone will be saved. Pray that people will pay attention uh, so many times when it comes to dangerous weather, the reason sometimes people are injured, the reason uh, sometimes people are, are caught in the middle of the storm is they they're pay no, they pay absolutely no attention to forecasts, they pay no attention to, to watches, they pay no attention to warnings, and then they end up in the middle of a disaster and then they want to know what happened. I, I, I've never quite understood how that's possible, especially in 2019 when you have access to information that literally will update you around the clock about what's happening weather-wise. So, for people who are living in areas that could be impacted with severe weather today, please do me a favor, pay attention, right? Have your phone set up for weather notifications. You know, check the forecast, pay attention to what's happening uh, so that you can avoid as much, you know, tragedy as possible. There's some things we, I mean, there's enough we can't control with weather, right? There's, there's, there's so much about weather that you can't control and I can't control. That, that's, that's one of the you know, things that, that makes storms so powerful is we can't stop them. We can't control them. Um, but what we can control is our understanding of what is happening, our understanding of the possible threat. We can be prepared. We have access to information, so we should use that. I just, I'll never forget, um, I think it was Chicago. I can't remember what year it was. They got hit with a massive winter storm blizzard, right? It was crazy. Now, I was, I was here in Texas, and I kept, you know, keeping up with the forecast. Man, this massive storm, it's coming to Chicago. Man, it looks like it's going to hit, like, right there at a bad time. I hope people are paying attention, and then, boom, if, you, if you've ever seen the video of it, there's all these cars. I don't know what, what, what road it was in Chicago, what highway, what freeway, but there was just, it looked like thousands of cars just all stranded, like something from a movie, like a, you know, a zombie apocalypse had hit Chicago. But these were people who got trapped and got caught in the middle of the storm. And you want to go, 
wait, did none of you realize that this was coming? And multiple interviews that I saw, people would say something like this. It just came out of nowhere. I had no idea. And I'm sitting here in Texas going, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I've, I've heard the same thing happen. Like you'll see interviews after a massive hurricane hits an area and the people will be like, I, it just came out of nowhere. I'm like, no, it didn't. There were hurricane warnings for a week. What do you mean it came out of nowhere? So now I understand tornadoes. It is a little bit more, maybe, you know, happens quickly. But typically, even with tornadoes, you, you have severe thunderstorm watches way in advance. You have, uh, you know, thunder uh, tornado watches telling you that conditions are favorable for the formation of a tornado. And yet you will have people who, who almost will have no idea that it's coming. What's even more bizarre is when you talk to people and they're like, oh, wait, a tornado hit Abilene? When did this happen? And you're like, you live here. <laughs> like, it's just amazing how clueless people can be about what's happening in the world around them. And it's almost like they're proud of themselves. Like, you can almost be like, I don't know what's happening and I think I'm cool. And it's like, nah, that's not really that cool. That's not, that's not really anything to brag about. That's not really anything uh, to, to feel like you're superior than everyone else because you're ignorant. Um, it's just interesting that in some cases in 2019, ignorance is celebrated and knowledge, hey, that's not really that cool. Well, it's always, you can play that game until your lack of knowledge and your lack of paying attention places you, your family, and your loved ones in danger. And then someone gets hurt, someone dies because you weren't paying attention. All right. Now, there's, there's my little, you know, get on my soapbox and give my little rant about people not paying attention. And speaking of people not paying attention, yes, transition. Speaking of people not paying attention, it seems that there are some people in the United States of America who still are not aware that there is a situation developing between the United States and Iran. Now, I have recorded two news and focus programs about it. And so I felt a need that I have to record at least a third one because we've got some interesting developments. Now, one of the things I said about this entire situation, one of the things I said is that uh, we have to ensure that as we look at all the stories that are you know, being posted and all the stories that are being aired about the situation between the United States and Iran, that we avoid extremes. We don't go to the extremes that we're like, oh man, we're three seconds away from World War III and Armageddon. On the other side, we don't want to go to the, to the other extreme and going, well, you know, big deal. I'm not even going to pay attention. We need to be measured. We need to be balanced. And we need to be informed about what is happening so that we can can have an intelligent conversation about it. One of the other things I said about this is that one of the things that makes this situation somewhat unpredictable is because we don't know what President Trump will do or say because he's known for saying things that you probably shouldn't say. When you have tensions developing between the United States and Iran, let me just offer a hint. What you don't do is hop on Twitter and start sounding like you're, you know, talking up a fight with a kid in high school. No, you don't do that. Twitter is not the place to handle, you know, diplom diplomacy with a foreign nation where tensions are rising and military action is looming. Twitter may not be the place to go, but, well, guess what? President Trump, him and his Twitter account. Look at this headline. 
Trump, President Trump, vows to end Iran if it threatens U.S. again. Now, this is the thing that sometimes disturbs me. He is the President of the United States, and he's going to threaten. If you threaten us again, then we will end Iran. We're going to end you? You're talking about destroying a nation full of human beings if they threaten us again. Not if they take action. If they threaten us, we're going to end them. That, this is the kind of thing that sometimes you just like, what? Can someone take his Twitter account from him? Like if you're going to make a threat like that, I don't know. Send it directly to Iran. Let's not get on Twitter like we're a bunch of high school kids having a, a spat. I mean, this this is so childish. Here is the story. It comes to us from the New York Post. It was published May the 18th, 2019 at 4.59 p.m., but it has been updated. No, May the 19th. It was published May the 19th at 4.59 p.m., and it has been updated. So, so there's some information here that's a little old, but this is the time I got to it. So hopefully you, I can offer some kind of commentary or perspective on this to make it worth your time listening. And I got a number of articles here. Here we go. Trump vows to end Iran if it threatens U.S. again. President Trump threatened to destroy Iran in a tweet. Just that, that is so 2019, isn't it? That's just so 2019. The President of the United States of America threatened to destroy another country in a tweet. If you, if you, cannot, if you cannot understand or embrace how foolish that sounds, then I... I don't even know what to say. This, this is the most absurd thing that, that we are witnessing in, 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 in our modern history. Like, this is not the way things should handle. Well, let me, read, let me try to read. Just trying to read this is going to be hard enough for me not offering this. And I know some of you are, are, are President Trump supporters, and that's fine. If you want to support a president that hops on uh, Twitter and threatens to destroy another nation, then okay. I, I guess, you know, obviously we're not going to see eye to eye. Because this kind of stuff is just, to me, this is not conducive to um, the right way to get things done. Right? This, this really is very high schoolish. But let's read this. President Trump threatened to destroy Iran in a tweet sent in the wake of reports that a rocket was fired into Baghdad's, Baghdad's heavily fortified green zone less than a mile from the U.S. Embassy. If Iran wants to fight... That will be the official end of Iran. Never threaten the United States again! Exclamation point. Trump tweeted Sunday afternoon. <laughs> That's, I just, just listen to that. If Iran wants to fight, that will be the official end of Iran. Never threaten the United States again. I mean, I mean oh boy. It's unclear exactly what prompted Trump's posting, but news outlets re reported explosion in Iraq's capital and that a rocket launcher was discovered in eastern Baghdad, an area that is home to Iranian-backed Shiite militias. Roads, roads leading into the green zone was briefly closed and no casualties were reported. Amid escalating tensions between the United States and Iran, there have been concerns that Iraq, where Iranian forces 
where Iranian forces and about 5,000 American troops are stationed could become entangled in the standoff. Well, we won't get into this entire situation because once again, Iraq is going to end up in the middle of this. Once again, um, Iraq's going to uh, be in the middle and, and probably civilians are going to die. And we won't even go why we even have troops there, but we have troops there because we claimed that they had weapons of mass destruction and we invaded a country. And well, you know, I, I, I was not a supporter of the war in Iraq from the beginning. And I was in the United States military, so I don't want someone, I don't want someone contacting me saying, oh, you're not patriotic and you did. I served in the United States military. 100% disabled because, well, something happened to me that while I was supposed to be going to Iraq for this situation, so, you know, I, I think I've, I've, I've paid my dues, um, so I think I have, and I, and I was opposed to it when I was in the military, and I spoke out, and when, wherever I could, that this was a horrible idea, and I kept telling people, they have no weapons of mass destruction. They have no weapons of mass destruction. They have no weapons of mass destruction, which ultimately was proven. They did not pose an immediate and present threat to the United States of America or our interest. So why we went into that, into that country spending trillions of dollars, all kinds of people died, and now we still have troops there, and now we're about to possibly get involved Iraq is going to be caught in the middle of a possible conflict between us and Iran. Whole situation just is just it's just broken. I think our our foreign policy in the United States of America has been broken, and that is Republican and Democrat. We need some sensible foreign policy, but that's a whole different uh, story. All right. So um uh so you've got Iranian troops, uh, Iranian forces, and about five thousand American troops are stationed. Right, and this, and and it could be entangled in a standoff. A Saudi Arabian diplomat said the country doesn't want to go with war with Iran, but will defend herself after two Saudi oil tankers were targeted by acts of sabotage off the coast of the United Arab Emirates last week. No group has claimed responsibility uh, for the sabotage, but U.S. officials uh, signaled and reports that Iran encouraged Iraq-based Iranian militias to carry it out. Right. Um, also, there there was an uh, accused of Tehran of being behind a drone attack on two oil pumping stations in in, in the Saudi Arabia or in Saudi Arabia, for which Yemen's Iranian-aligned Houthi group claimed responsibility. All right. So there's been a lot of little back and forth, little things happening, and uh, now, you know. Um, now the president is sending out these tweets. I'll, I'll just go down a little bit further with the last part of this. Tensions have been heightened between Washington and Tehran after reports said Iran was planning to carry out attacks on American troops and ships in the region. Earlier this month, the White House sent warships and bombers into the Persian Gulf to counter any threats from Iran and evacuated non-emergency non personnel from Iraq. The U.S. said the USS Abraham Lincoln aircraft carrier strike groups conducted exercises in the Arabian Sea over the weekend and a show of, of the U.S. military's uh, lethality and agility to respond to threat and to protect U.S. interests. Trump has employed such bluster before, including when he was negotiating with North Korea to ditch its nuclear weapons program. All right, so they go through that, you know, Trump has a history of doing this kind of thing. So the main, the main thing we take from that report is you got the president vowing to destroy another nation, to destroy another nation. 
Now, that, see, that sounds so good in movies. That sounds so good in talk until you realize that nation is filled with human beings. And to destroy a nation means killing a lot of people. That's not something we should want to do. That's not something we just mindlessly threaten to do on Twitter. That's something that we are careful about and we have to have a strategic reason to do so, a, 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 a purpose to do so. And of course, I definitely hold more to the uh, Augustine view of just war theory. I think we have to have a just cause to do so. You know, but again, here there's the United States and America over there, in a sense, playing the world's police. We're over there. And I've already reported how Saudi Arabia is kind of saying, hey, America, you need to possibly launch some strategic attacks. Of course, get America involved. But, uh, you know, again, there may be some strategic reasons with, with that. All right. Um, let's see. There's another report here. This comes to us. Um, this is from the Mercury News. Uh, this is what uh, this report, I guess this actually comes from the Washington Post that was picked up by this uh, site called themercurynews.com uh, because a lot of times one site will take from another site. So it looks like the Washington Post is the original source. Looks like this was uh, updated at 4.49 a.m. yesterday. All right. As Iran, uh, as a, I mean, try to see this, as Iran girds for possible war with the United States, President Trump may turn out to be the best friend it has. Despite the saber-rattling of senior aides in Trump's own tweets, when push has come to shove over the past two years, the president has repeatedly backed away from the threatened use of military force. Whether the target has been North Korea, with, with which warnings of fire and fury have become little more than exchange of beautiful letters between Trump and Kim Jong-un, or Venezuela, with the threat of all options, has failed to upset the that status quo. The president has blinked. All right, I see where they're going here. President Trump has a history of making threats. Hey, you do this one more time. Hey, and then he doesn't do anything. Now, I remember when President Obama said there was kind of a red line in the sand in Syria, and that if they crossed that, we would have to do something. And then all the Republicans basically mocked him and laughed because he didn't really do anything. And they said, oh, so much for Obama's red line. Well, Trump has made threat after threat after threat after threat after threat. When are we going to, when are, when, are, when are Republicans going to be saying, well, wait a minute, he doesn't carry out his threats. Maybe we should just all stop making threats. <laughs> There's the idea. Have, in fact, don't make threats publicly. Contact the country that you have an issue with. There, there has to be diplomatic channels that you can get a diplomatic message to the other side and say, look, here's the situation. You're pushing us. Here's our line. Here's what we possibly will do. Why not handle it like adults, not like children on a playground where you're talking all big to impress your friends? The whole thing is just crazy, all right? Um, now, what they do is to go in here, and, and this is a kind of a lengthy article, but what they're basically saying is that Trump is risking his own credibility, that after some point, no one's going to take him serious anymore. He's not going to be credible. His threats are going to be seen as jokes and just a, a bunch of hot air, which then makes him look weak and weakens the position of the United States of America. All right. I think that's something to look at. All right. Another 
news article. This comes from the dailystar.co.uk. The dailystar.co.uk. <laughs> yeah, this, this is wonderful. The United States, here's the headline. The United States would need one million soldiers to invade Iran, warns British Admiral. Now, I want you to, to hear that again, all right? Because I've got a, yeah, this, this, I hate this website. Uh, the Daily Star, thedailystar.co.uk. This site is junk in the sense the way it's structured. If you ever have to read it on a mobile device, don't even do so. It's just you've got all kinds of junk popping up, but I'm not a fan of it. But that's a different story. This was published May the 20th, 2019. So this is today. So this is the most updated article we have. Listen carefully. The United States would, uh, would need one million soldiers to invade Iran, warns British Admiral. U.S. forces would need at least one million soldiers to defeat and occupy Iran and what would be another Iraq War-style quagmire, a top British admiral has warned. Now, I, I want to stop right here. This is always my concern with the United States of America, of America and our military involvement in foreign countries. Sometimes it seems like we have no rational strategy. Hey, Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. Ah, oh, there's plenty of people who don't think they, they are. Oh, they do. We've got to go in. Well, if we go in, what's our, what's our goal here? Are we going to just go in, look for the weapons, and then get out? Well, obviously not. We're going to go in, and then we're going to stay. Year after year after year, American lives being uh, you know, killed, American blood being spilled, American money being spent, all for what? I don't know, to maintain what we've broken, to, to try to rebuild the country, or as, you know, sometimes uh, within the Bush administration, we're going to win hearts and minds. We're going to win hearts and minds with what? Hey, we invaded your country, we broke your country, but hey, look, we're going to stay here and try to fix it. They didn't want, many of them did not want us there, all right? And so then you, you end up with a situation which turned into a quagmire, and we were there year after year after year. Afghanistan, same thing. Well, 9-11 happened, so we're going to go invade a country and do what? Well, now we're built, rebuilding roads and setting up electricity and building schools. We're going to go in and spend billions and trillions to try to fix other countries? How about we spend billions and trillions fi fixing the you know, infrastructure of the United States of America? Again, our foreign policy sometimes makes no sense to me. But that's, you know, that's the way things work. So in this particular case, what I want you to take from this story is this. If America is going to get involved in any kind of military action, and I'm stressing if because we don't know if it's going to happen because Trump has a history of making threats that he doesn't carry out. If sometimes a military action occurs, what's the end game? What's the end game? Is the end game to be, hey, hey, you threatened us. Look, we're going to blow up a, a site. Yeah, we're, we're, that's the site. We're going to blow up one site. There you go. You learn your lesson. Is, is that, is that, is that going to do something? Is it just going to be like, you punch me in the arm, I'll punch you in the arm. You slap me, I'll slap you. Is that, is that the way, is that our strategy? What's our ultimate strategy? Like, if our ultimate strategy, especially what Trump is claiming, destroy the country, what, are you talking 
destroy them with just an un unheard of amount of aerial strikes to just like level the country? Uh, are you talking nuclear weapons? Are you talking an, an invading army? And we're really going to commit that many troops to try to go into Iran? Now, I'm not, I don't know if this British admiral is right. He's an admiral. I'm not. Maybe it will require a million. Do we, does the United States of America have an actual plan? Do we really want to send ground troops into Iran? I'm not saying that's even on the table, but what, again, what's the strategy other than, than seeing, sending out mean tweets? Iran and the United States have been at uh, loggerheads in recent weeks as Washington dispatched warships and warplanes to the region, citing credible threats from Tehran. Admiral Lord West, the former first sea lord of the Royal Navy, gave a dire assessment of the potential conflict as tempers flare in the Middle East. He told Daily Star Online the U.S. would need at least one million troops to successfully pacify Iran, and a half-baked attack could throw the region further into chaos. Chaos. Now, that's the part I wanted to read to you. A half-baked attack could throw the region further into chaos. In other words, if we're going to make any action against Iran, we have to understand what are the unintended consequences. If you go into Iraq, what are the unintended consequences? If you go into Afghanistan, what is the unintended consequences? Like, sometimes I don't think anyone ever thinks about the unintended consequences. Uh, the 50-year Royal Navy veteran warned, now here's his quote, idiots in both the United States and Iran are dangerously hyping tensions. Right? Again, that's, that's pretty great. He, he refers them to as idiots. Okay, I'm not going to say those words, but, but I, I'm having a hard time believing anyone uh, in this situation is, is showing sanity. Now, this, I'm going to pause here for a second because I want everyone to pay close attention to what I'm about to say. I know I've been recording for a little bit, but I want you to pay close attention to what I'm about to say and what I'm about to read. All right, I'm going to back up just a little bit, read what I've already read, and then flow into this next section because this next section is the entire re reason I'm reading this article. Are you ready? Here we go. The 50-year-old Royal Navy veteran warned idiots, and both the U.S. and Iran are dangerously hyping tensions. All right, here we go. It comes amid disputed reports that the United States is dusting off Iraq War-era plans to deploy, are you ready for this, 120,000 troops in the region. Now, if that proves to be true, if it is true that the United States is about to deploy 120,000 troops to the region, you're literally seeing the whole situation that played out in Iraq happening again. We're going to go back to that plan, that quagmire, that mess. We broke and we, the entire broken situation that it became that cannot be our strategy. Our strategy can't be we're going to send 120,000 troops to the region for what? A land war with Iran? Really? That's how we're going to handle it? Is that this? I, I, I am going to hope and I'm just going to pretend that that report is not true and it has no possibility of becoming true. We cannot do this. We, we, there's got to be a better solution. There has to be. 
Um, he urged, now this is again, the uh, what was his name? This Admiral, um, Admiral Lord West, uh, the former first sea lord of the Royal Navy, all right? He urged the West to do more to come to the table with Iran or face the possibility of a nuclear war in the Middle East. Now remember, we gotta be measured, we gotta be balanced. I don't know if we're even close to a nuclear war in the Middle East. I would think cooler heads would prevail. Maybe let's take away Twitter from President Trump. Maybe let's teach him how to handle things as an adult, not a child. Let's teach him how to use diplomatic channels to actually speak to people of foreign countries in a private setting and not make threats. Yeah, that, that would be a good start. And now people would say, well, Iran shouldn't do this and Iran shouldn't do that. Maybe we should just focus on what America should do. You know, agreed. All right. Um, Iran is restarting its missile, missile program in response to U.S. sanctions. Would uh, Iran is restarting its missile program in response to U.S. sanctions. Um, would start would would started a new arms race with the UAE and Saudi Arabia. The admiral warned. That's a weird sentence. Iran is restarting its missile program in response to U.S. sanctions. Would started a new arms race in with the UAE and Saudi Arabia, comma. That's all running. Iran is restarting the, its missile program, no comma, in response to U.S. sanctions, no comma, would start a new arms race with UAE, the Admiral warned. I, 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 that's a weird way that that's stated. Um, they don't have it in, in quotations either, so it's not in quotations. So... I, I don't know. That's sometimes when you read news articles, you don't understand what is going on. All right. Uh, let's see. Admiral Lord West told Daily Star Online, I think Donald Trump himself doesn't want there to be a conflict, but there are powerful factions in Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the U.S. who believe an attack would be a good thing. This includes John Bolton. They think they think they would destroy the Iranian armed forces. Uh, there would be a regime change, and all the garden uh, and all the garden would be rosy. The only problem with that is that would be completely wrong. He added, "They don't want to invade Iran. They they uh, he added they don't want to invade Iran. They went there to be a nice fold over into a new regime. And if you don't get that." Then you get the hostile regime causing mayhem in the region with terrorist proxies and missiles. Invading Iran, taking it over, and then coercing, it, uh, and coercing into becoming a different sort of country, you would need a million men. All right? And they go, uh, they, they offer a lot more, but you get the basic idea. Um, uh, there, there's people going, wait, what's, again, I guess the big, biggest question, and I've got a number of other news stories here, but I won't read them all. So let's, let's try to wrap all of this up. Here's what we need to understand. Number one, we have Trump basically making threats. He's making threats. What's the value in that? What is he going to accomplish? I don't know. Number two, if he continues to make threats, either with North Korea, Venezuela, Iran, or anywhere else, and he doesn't carry them out, at some point he begins to look like he has no credibility and he's just full of hot air, and then you're going to have more nations maybe then push say push back and say, hey, he's not going to do anything. He's all talk. That makes us look weak and that puts us in a vulnerable situation, strategically speaking. That's not what you want to do. And so at some point, push comes to shove and then he'll have 
to act? And will he act rashly, rashly without any forethought and then get us into a worse situation? Simply now to try to prove a point. Number three. The third thing really comes to strategy. And the strategy is this. What do we want to accomplish with the situation with Iran? What do we want to accomplish? So let's ask some questions. What, what do we want to accomplish? All right, number one. Do we want a regime change? Well, if you're going to bring about a regime change, you're going to have to basically invade the country, remain in the country, and then try to force them or coerce them into a different uh, governmental structure. Well, what gives us the right to tell other countries how to run their countries, right? I mean, at some point, that's what bothers me. The United States doesn't want any other country telling us how to run our country. We don't want any other country coming in here going, nope, we don't like President Trump. We're going to take over your country and, and, and establish a new government. We may not like the way Iran runs, but do we not accept it being a sovereign country that can run it the way it wants unless it poses a threat to the United States, our vital uh, interest of the United States. Now, if we believe they're, they're, they are a threat, okay, what do we want to do? Is, is, should we just not find a way to neutralize the threat? Find a way to, to overcome the situation, to, to de-escalate the situation? Or do we still want regime change? I just don't know if regime change is a strategy. Go into it. I mean, look, look at, I mean, I, you're going into a part of the world who doesn't want the United... They don't want our governmental structure. They don't want a representative republic. They don't want a, quote-unquote, a democracy of any kind. They want what they want. Who are we to tell them they can't have it? I, I hate that American approach sometimes. So, so we, do we want a regime change or do we not want a regime change? Okay, let's say we don't want them to have a nuclear weapon. All right? Now, I always find it interesting, and you do have to at least work with me here, the country that has nuclear weapons telling other countries who don't have nuclear weapons that they cannot have nuclear weapons. You know, that, that's kind of, that's, uh, that, sometimes that's an interesting uh, strategy. Hey, we have all these nuclear weapons, but we don't want you to have any nuclear weapons because we don't trust you. Well, does people trust us? I mean, all right, but let's, we can throw that logical idea out. Let's look at it from this perspective. What's our options? What are our options? They work to get a nuclear weapon. We put sanctions against them, economic sanctions. Does that stop the regime from getting a nuclear weapon or does it just cause the, the regime to cause their population and their people to suffer, but they still get a nuclear weapon? Don't know. Can we, is it only slowing down the inevitable? Are they ultimately going to get a nuclear weapon? If they do, are, do we just say, we're not going to tolerate that? If you get a nuclear weapon, we're going to declare an all-out war. Well, let's say we declare an all-out war on Iran. Let's say we do that. Let's say, we say, let's, say we, we, let's say that our goal is they cannot have a nuclear weapon, but everything indicates that that's their goal, and that's what they're going to do no matter what we say or do. All right. Then the only way to stop it is either go in and just try to take over the country. Well, then you have other countries who are going to say that's not acceptable. They're going to perceive that as a threat. So then how does Russia respond? How do other countries respond? Like, do you, do you, does the goal of keeping them from getting a nuclear weapon create a scenario where the only way to stop them from getting a nuclear weapon, whether we don't know if they would use it or not use it, obviously we would have fear that they would use it against Israel, but we would, in other words, we would, be, we would be going in to stop them from getting a nuclear weapon for a possible future threat, 
by creating an immediate threat, an immediate present danger, by escalating a situation into possibly a regional war to something greater, all to stop them from getting a nuclear weapon. I don't know. Do we just launch uh, airstrikes uh, over key targets? Warn, uh, you know, but if you warn Iran that it's coming, then they could possibly move all the critical, uh, you know, materials. And so we don't stop anything. We don't warn them. And then you end up killing all kinds of civilians. I, I, do we want a regime change? Do we simply want them not to get a nuclear weapon? I don't know. Number three, what could be a third possible goal we have? We want them to be nice. We want them to like Israel. We want them to like us. I mean, I mean, what, what do we really want? What do we, now obviously we don't want them uh, threatening um, interest to the United States of America. I, I just sometimes like, for example, I think sometimes our, our goals get muddled or, or mixed up. And, and let, me, let me explain. I've already talked about this a number of times, but let me say it again. All right, so the United States of America were attacked on 9-11. All right, got it. Everyone in America is mad. Everyone wants revenge. Everybody wants, you know, someone to pay. All right, got it. So we go into Afghanistan. Now, what is our goal to go, to go into Afghanistan? To dismantle the, uh, the structure of the terror organizations that we think are possibly responsible for funding, planning, carrying out possibly the terrorist attacks or at least involved in some way the terrorist attacks of 9-11. So do we go in, simply go to those terrorist, terrorist camps, find the terrorists, bring them to justice, dismantle the structure, kill the people that we th think need to be killed and get out? That would seem to be kind of an appropriate military structure, but we literally went in and stayed. And then we're building schools and we're trying to go, well, we're trying to change hearts and minds so that we can stop terrorism in the future. You think that's really going to work? So, so like, what's, what, what was our ultimate goal? Was our ultimate goal to go after the people responsible for 9-11 or was our, responsibility, was our goal to go in and try to change an entire nation, to think like us, act like us, and like us? So while we're over there trying to take care of that situation, then all of a sudden we're like, oh, wait, by the way, Iraq. Now, they weren't really, they weren't involved in the 9-11 situation, but they have weapons of mass destruction. They, they pr present a clear and present danger. Well, let's go in there. Okay, are we going to go in there simply to find the weapons of mass destruction, remove the weapons of mass destruction and get out? Or no, we're gonna go in. We're gonna try to. We're gonna overturn, overturn the government. We're gonna. You know, we're gonna bring down their leader. We're gonna establish a new government, and we're gonna stay there. And then when you know sectarian violence breaks out, we're, we, well, we have to main there where troops are being killed, and we're there for how long? Like every time we think this is the strategy, once we arrive on the scene, our strategy always turns into something different. And I think that the, our, our governmental leaders and our politicians never truly explain what our, our strategy is. And I think the American voters sometimes, we're, we're helpless in this situation, but it's, it's our citizens that are in the military going to die for strategies that sometimes make no sense. Like what, what did we accomplish in Iraq? Now you say we got rid of Saddam, okay. Then the country broke down into sectarian violence and people died. What, what was the ultimate goal? I guess those are some of the questions I'm, I'm trying to ask. I, you, know, you know, and there's probably more, but I'll stop right there because I've already talked for a long time. I could talk about this all day. 
There's a lot here I'm trying to figure out. So this is what I would challenge you to do. When you hear a news story, anything about the situation in Iraq, hey, stop and pay attention. Stop and pay attention. And let's let's try to uh, figure out what is going on and and really think about it. I think too many times Americans don't pay attention. Because we don't pay attention, we don't care. And because we don't care, the government can do whatever they want. And then they sometimes get us in horrible situations, and then it's too late for the American people to say anything. Um, I think we need to be paying attention now. We're getting ready to head to the 2020 uh, elections, right? We should want to know what the foreign policy is of every candidate that's running for president of the United States of America. I want to know what the, what the foreign policy is of the Trump administration. What is their doctrine? What, what's, what's their strategy? What, what is it? Can you articulate what the Trump foreign policy is? I've got some ideas, but can you? Well, here we have now on one on one side you can kind of you can kind of applaud Trump. He has tried to go for diplomacy more than I mean he talked a lot of trash to North Korea. He did try diplomacy to try to resolve the situation. I don't know if it's going to be resolved. Um, he's tried to, to try to open up channels of communication between him and Russia. I know people say that, that there's a reason for that, but I don't, you know, there seems to be no evidence that anything, you know, horrible was going on. Um, but at least he was trying to, to have, you know, diplomacy and talking. Well, what about the Iran situation? Is, is, there, is, is there a way he can open up channels of communication? Does he, is, it seems like his foreign policy is this. Hop on Twitter make wild-eyed threats to look tough, but when the cameras aren't on, be calling going, hey, would you like to meet and talk? Can we work this out? It's like, talk big on Twitter, I guess because his supporters really like that kind of thing, but then behind the scenes when the camera's off, hey, hey, North Korea, do you think we could have a meeting, you know, and we could have a lot of cameras there and we could shake hands and can we get along? Hey, Russia, can we get along? You know, maybe behind the scenes he's calling, you know, they're trying to talk to the people in Iran going, hey, it, it, that seems to kind of be his foreign policy. On Twitter, talk big. And private, work out a deal. Well, if, if it works and you can work out a deal and, let, and, and de-escalate the situation in the Middle East, then okay then it works um, because Trump has seemed to be much more hesitant to actually act than other presidents have. So may, maybe that's an interesting part of his strategy. May, maybe he's a genius and, and, and we don't get it. I don't know. Um, but I know this situation in Iran is continuing to develop. I think we're going to probably have, I think the next 30 days are going to be pretty critical. That's my initial thought. The next 30 days are going to be critical because either, either everyone's going to have to back off or we're, someone's going to be pushed to act. And I think, I don't think it can just, you can just, this is just going to sit there. I think it's going to ask, I mean, too many, too many factors are involved. So I, I think 30 days, I think in the next 30 days, we're going to have a good idea of what's going to happen. All right, this has been a news and focus commentary. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for, um, you know, taking some time out of your busy day. You know, I, I, uh, the news and focus commentary, for those who don't know, is really designed for the people using the VBC66 app so that I can provide commentary about what's happening in the world. It does get posted everywhere else. Sometimes that makes me think, oh, I need to produce this in a different way. For the VBC66 app, it's kind of like, hey guys, this is some thoughts. 
when it's posted everywhere else, it, it's it needs to have kind of a different presentation, and I'm still struggling in which way I want to go. I used to do the news and focus commentary, you know, kind of as a more official podcast, and that dominated my entire life um, and brought about a lot of negative consequences. Um, you know, thirty thousand people listening a month. It was it, there was a lot of success there, but it it became too much. So now this is, I don't really want to go back into full news and focus mode. I just like you having the ability for the people who use our app to say, hey, here's some commentary about what's happening in the world and a more organic, not so polished way. And just like me having a conversation. Um, if, if that benefits people who don't use the app, wonderful. If it doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter because I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to give something special to the people who are using the VBC 66 app. If you'd like to get the VBC66 app, you have access to all the content that we are producing. Go to the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, do a search for VBC66, VBC66, and um, well, then you can you can look at everything. There's plenty of content to keep you um, informed. All right, I'll stop right there. Everyone have a great day. Pay attention to what is happening in the world around you because ignorance about the world around you should not be even an option. God bless.